Welcome to Sports Buds Hockey Podcast, where we discuss the ins and outs of all things hockey and where everyone's perspective is appreciated. Please welcome your hosts, Merrick Zemp and Colin Simpson. Hello and welcome to Sports Buds Hockey Podcast, episode number 14. My name is Merrick Zemp and with me as always is Colin Simpson. How are you doing tonight, Zepps? Doing good, Mab. Doing good. Enjoying the playoffs so far? Lots to discuss. Yeah, it's been pretty exciting so far. So on today's podcast, we will be touching base. Where are we at with the first few games of the playoffs? We'll just go through each of the series, uh, give a little bit of a first first thoughts, I guess, when it comes to the first couple of games. We are, most games have had, a, well, everybody's had one, but we're looking at a second game for many of the series now and sort of seeing where that takes us. So why don't we start at the top, the, the top team in the whole league this year, the Boston Bruins. So Boston obviously playing Florida Panthers, the second wild card. Uh, big first game for Boston, not quite so big first game for the, or second game for Boston. What do you think of this series so far? Um, kind of what we expected, how it started off. Obviously a win by Boston. Didn't know if Florida was really going to be able to hold back and get another one back in the series that quickly. But it does bring up some question marks, I guess, with a 6-3 scoreline in the second game, which is more the shocker, I guess, is a guy like Allmark who... Don't get me wrong, he's had an amazing season and, you know, he, I think he had a pretty good season last year, but he's not a seven, eight-year proven veteran when it comes to the playoffs. So is it the type of goalie who could get a little rattled? And as we spoke about before, are the Bruins a little tired? Well, I think uh, if I recall, I think Florida outshot the Bruins in the first game and then Boston outshot Florida in the second game. Like totally role reversal as far as who's scoring and who's getting goals. But it does mean that either they're giving up big chances, right? If they're not giving up all the shots and it's not just to throw everything at the net and something goes in, if they're giving up big scoring opportunities, then yeah, that's a bad sign whether he's saving them or not. Yeah, usually I haven't looked at the stats on those, but usually that speaks to special teams a lot of the time. Because yep. one team could be dominating the whole way, but if you just get two for three, three for four on the power play, then you end up winning games. Yep, definitely. Uh, a lot of rough stuff in this one too. I think there was uh, quite a few, we'll call it fights and wrestling matches and game misconducts and all that kind of stuff at the end. So this could uh, could turn into a really entertaining series to watch. You're looking at the Bruins, who are well known for it, and you've got Kachuk and Bennett on the other side. So couple of my ex-flames who love to mix it up a little. So definitely will be one of those type of series. Absolutely. All right, next in the East is first in the Metropolitan, Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders, wild card number one. Uh, looks like uh, Carolina is controlling the series 2-0, but uh, they've had a couple of one-goal games. I believe the second one went into overtime. Clearly not dominating or, or walking away with it, but despite the 2 nothing lead, but... It uh, looks like a pretty close, uh, hard-hitting hard, hard hitting and hard-fought uh, series so far. Yeah, definitely not a blowout. Uh, Islanders are doing no favors to me on my predictions. Uh, I was <laughs> trying to give them more credit than I normally did. Hopefully they uh, bounce back a little at home. I think with the games being this close, I could definitely see another a win back in uh, Long Island by the Islanders. Probably close games as well, though I don't really envision the way it's playing out so far, that many games will be blowouts in this one. No, and that's uh, typically the Islanders' style anyway, is, is fairly defensive, not a lot of extra goals. Uh, I don't think they win a lot of games 5-1, 6-1 ever. So uh, there's definitely a chance for them. They, like you said, they're, it's close. They're, they're 
you know, should be close games probably the rest of the way. But I think Carolina is still in the, obviously in the driver's seat with a two nothing lead. Next one up is uh, we, we knew it was going to be a hard fought series. The, the Rangers and the devils. What do you think of the start of this one? Uh, I think it started out the way I would have guessed that. Um, obviously the youth of the devils, you thought would maybe have a good early jump. A lot of the time upsets happen in game one in playoffs, just because of whether the other team takes it too lightly or just the energy from the one team going in. The Rangers handled the first game pretty handily. Adam Fox, four points, one game. You know, kind of expect that out of the back end. You expect all that scoring from the front from the Rangers. But if, you know, Fox is going to put up four points, four assists out of the back, that's usually going to be a telltale sign struggle for Jersey. I think we'll have to see where this one goes next. Um you know, see where tonight's game goes, see how that develops, uh, and see if they can bounce back and really push back on the Rangers to to get that other win, right? To keep home advice, home ice advantage. Yeah, I think they're tied one one tonight here so far. And I think that's key for the jersey is to make sure they stay in the games. They're a young team, so you have confidence in a sense of you're a little bit cocky when you're younger and you've been talented for so long. But I think right now the Rangers have so much experience and been there, done that that they have a bit of confidence and swagger. So you get, you got to make sure you just don't get put down too early, too quickly for Jersey. Cause I think they'll really struggle to come back in this series if they get down, you know, two Oh three Oh. So I think it's just important to stay in the games long enough to make you believe that you can beat the more talented team. Yeah. You're not going to want to have to go in and win uh two out of three in New York. So that's, that's not going to be a good deal for them at all. The next one is uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, what, what can you say about the first game of this series? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a flat start by Toronto, obviously. Tampa Bay came out really fast. Toronto did have a bit of battle back, but it felt like every time they started to battle back, get a couple, it would seem like right away Lightning would stop that momentum really quickly, and then they would build on it. And... You know, some dumb plays, obviously the bunting thing will be talked about for a while. Three game suspension is a lot in the playoffs, deservedly in my opinion, but is a lot. But at the same token, I don't even know if it's enough because the fact is you took out Chernak, who knows how long he'll be gone. He's one of their best defensemen and Hedman's injured as well. And the first thing everybody talked about last night after that game and last night in between was, can they, can Tampa Bay hold off the Toronto offense missing two of their th- top three defensemen and looking at the scoreline right now, the answer is no, they can't. So mm, I can definitely see this could momentum could really swing in Toronto's favor the rest of the way. Yeah. And it's hard to say, I mean, it was the first game. Once again, Toronto is in the driver's seat. They're the second seed they're expected now. And I think even for us, we both kind of started giving them some credit that maybe just maybe they've got the grit and the defense and all of that that they need to to finally take the steps. So maybe maybe we all were, you know, counting our chickens a little bit, or maybe this is the team, game two, and they all they started to listen to their own hype and kind of figured they would be able to finally do it. And Tampa Bay came in to show them what they got. So yeah, is this the real series? Is this uh, is it going to be Toronto's to lose at this point? It'll be really interesting to see how not only this game finishes, but really the next couple in Tampa Bay and see if they if it is just Toronto steamrolling at this point. Like you said, without those defenders, it's pretty tough. The problem you have is if you can't, if Chernak and Hedman are out long term, 
if Toronto cannot get through this series, they really have to rethink the core of this team. You can be talking about talent all you want, but in my opinion, you have no killer instinct. This is a wounded animal, and you have no killer instinct to take care of business. And so I think if they don't get through with those two guys out, there's bigger problems. This should be theirs to the, for the taking now, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. All right, let's head over to the Western Conference. So the Western Conference, number one seed, Vegas Golden Knights, playing the wild card number two, Winnipeg Jets. Clearly a one versus eight scenario. So who won the first game? Uh, I believe it was uh, Winnipeg. And to be honest, I was absolutely shocked. I was listening to the scores and people were talking about it. And yes, I think Vegas is a far superior team. We did talk about Winnipeg being that hot, cold team. You know, when they're hot, they can beat all kinds of teams, almost any team. And Hellebuck is a goaltender who can help them do that. Uh, Did I expect them to take game one? No, not really. But part of me thought to myself, well, who's Vegas's goaltenders? That's always been the thing for a long time. You know, you, you would lane her out and the flurry they moved and these young guys they've had in who've played well, don't get me wrong. But I thought to myself, do they have the goaltending happen? And no offense to Brassois, he's actually a friend of a friend, <laughs> but he's not good enough to hold down the net if, if Vegas isn't playing well. He won't steal a series. He's not a guy that you expect to come in and you look at the stat line at the end of the game and it's a 4-1 win, but your team was outshot, you know, 42 to, to 17 and you won 3-1. Like he he's not that guy. That's not what you expect from him. Halibuck is. Halibuck's a guy where, yeah, if you guys get 20 good shots, I'll stop the 40 that they throw at us and we'll win 3-2. That's what Halibut is by compared to to Brassois. So it's it is tough, and he'll have those games. I, I think all uh, if you make it to the NHL, I think you one hundred percent have the ability to have some of those games. But it is it's a magical night as opposed to a somewhat of an expectation. I mean, in a series of seven, you think Halibut's probably going to have three or four of those where they can be outshot, think, but they can win. And I think the reason why I'd still pick Vegas, even on your down one, is because I believe in playoffs. Because it's a seven-game series, even though we, you know, talked through this, the years where hot teams do well in the playoffs, but in seven games, right, being a consistent team is very important. And I believe that, yes, you'll have games where Winnipeg does this, but then you'll have the games where they just tank. And so I think over seven, Vegas is a much more consistent team and they'll still hold on to the series. I agree, but I wouldn't mind... Uh... I wouldn't mind seeing a few Canadian teams make it to the second round. It would be nice. Uh, next one up is first in the central, Colorado Avalanche versus wild card number one, Seattle Kraken. All right, so we've got a high-ranked defending Stanley Cup champion against a second-year expansion team. Uh, why don't you go ahead and recap the first game on this one, Sims? Title should just be nothing to lose, right? That's what Seattle gets to come into these games with. The mighty, not just Colorado high-ranked, Stanley Cup champs right? You're an expansion team. What do you have to lose? No one has given you any rights to win this series. You get to come out and play completely free. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Colorado did have injuries. We spoke of this before. Uh, I forget who was out still. Landis Cog, maybe. I don't know if McCarr was back in. Even knowing they don't have all the guys out, it does disrupt. If you've ever played sports, missing guys in key places kind of moves everybody around a little and disrupts the regular flow. 
but Seattle is a team that has a chance. I didn't give them credit in the beginning of the year. I didn't give them credit at Thanksgiving. I didn't give them much credit in our predictions, but they did get a hundred points in the season. They won a lot of games and they have nothing to lose. So do I see them taking the series? No, but if there's going to be an upset, they've got as good a chance as any. I agree. Yeah, no, I mean, they are. And uh, I'm right there with you. Zero credit at the start, zero credit in the middle, zero credit in the end. Uh, even as I watched Edmonton all year chase them down just to try to get in front of them for anything, um, I still felt like they, I just wouldn't expect them to do that much. Now, I still would not, uh, I wouldn't put money on them over Colorado for the series. But uh, like you said, when it comes to just chances, absolutely, they could win this series. There's no doubt that they could. So they're playing again tonight, but a big win for Seattle. First one in playoff history, along with first uh, first goal, first penalty, you know, a little bit of everything. Uh, next one up, uh, we knew it was going to be a hard-fought series, the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. So uh, tough start for Edmonton, up by a couple. Uh, give up the tying goal, 16 seconds left and losing overtime. Uh, but they did bounce back last night and win game two to tie it up. So what do you think? What are you seeing with this series so far? Yeah, it's been a really good series. This is the one I've actually been catching the games of for sure. Uh, the first game, I was a little surprised that Edmonton didn't just steamroll like a 5-1-6-1. They had tons of momentum. I really thought LA was kind of done. I thought the fans were going crazy. It just looked like the type of game that could easily get out of control uh, from a, a far a high offensive team like that. But credit to LA. They hung in long enough to give themselves a chance controversial penalty in the overtime. I think it was a penalty personally. Do I think it's the normal one you see, but you know, if a guy is by you and you turn around and swing a stick and you hit a foot, what's the ref supposed to do? He's going, you're taking away a possible scoring chance. Now, again, you can look at it two different ways, but I think it still was one. It's tough just because there's the playoffs and because they scored, they don't score. No one thinks twice about it. Right. But you put yourself in that situation. You're up 3-1, you're at home, you have all the momentum, and you didn't put them away. You gave them a chance to claw back like two goals in the last, what, like three or four minutes to tie it up. You've yeah. got to close teams out. And credit to them on the second game. They got ahead again. Uh, LA, in my opinion, had a, quite a few chances to score in that last little bit in that third period. The puck was bouncing all over the place. There was a lot like right in front of Skinner that if the guy would have just got a stick on, would have been tied. But it, I honestly, it, I was talking to my friend there and I said, you know, it looks like they're in LA. Like the puck is bouncing around like it's LA ice, not Edmonton ice. So I don't know what was going on up there, but that game, it bounced around like crazy. But at the end of the day, the Oilers did the job they needed to do. They could not give up a second one at home. They held on. They have to show that part of their game. They, we all know they can score. We all know Drysdale is going to get a ton of goals in these series. We know McDavid is going to be flying around. But when you get leads... Can you hold them or do you have to always outscore the team by six or can you get into a two one and just hold them off for two straight periods and not allow a goal? I think there was a lot of chances on both sides where you saw um, really good opportunities, really good looks and there's sticks in the way, there's skates in the way, there's a lot of deflections, a lot of block shots. Um, I really think that you saw everybody's really throwing everything they can into it. I also think when I look at it, when you talk about, you know, the momentum and, and building and stuff, I feel that Corpus Allo is number one. He's playing a hell of a series so far. But on top of that, 
I feel like he's just in watching it. It seems like he's just barely making some of the saves. And like what I, what I feel or what I'm saying by that is that he's making, he's getting it, but it's just hitting the top of his pad. It's just, it's top corner and it just hits the top of his shoulder and stays out. It just goes off the edge of his blocker and stays out. Uh, I feel like there's a real chance that, you know, in the next game or so that all of a sudden, the the shots are going to end up that extra inch above it and like it's going to rain down like you said all of a sudden they are going to be one of those 5161 games because those shots instead of just missing instead of hitting a stick they're going to they're going to go where they're supposed to go where they're aiming and you're going to see a big uh, a big change and a big game for for Edmonton on one of these next couple really tough to give it up and i think that he was standing on his head and really making those saves like you said in that first game 3-1 2 nothing that stopped just enough to get it out of hand. It gets to 4-1, everybody slows down. Gets to 3-0, everybody slows down. Like whatever it is, but they just couldn't they couldn't close it. Like you said, they couldn't quite finish it. And they they spend about half the game looking like they're going to be Stanley Cup champs and then the other half they look like it's preseason. It's really weird. So, um it's a great series to watch. I'm uh but I am a little I'm always a little nervous watching them, so it's It'd be nice. It'd be nice to finish up. I know in uh, in coaching, every time I was in a big game, it was always like a tie game at the end or a one one goal game or whatever. It's like you know, one of these times I want to win one where I'm up by five, so I don't have to be nervous the last ten minutes. So same kind of feeling for this. I, I'm hoping that it uh, shows a little bit different that way at some point. Uh, the next game or the next series, I should say, uh, the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, very entertaining series, uh, double overtime for the first game and then a bit of a blowout in the second one, but you know, some, some big hits, some big opportunities, some big plays, um, you know, one, one, what do you think of this one so far, Sims? Game one kind of went that way. I kind of felt the whole series is going to go one of those tight games where I could flip a coin and decide who's going to win each night. Uh, I was a little surprised to see the offensive output in game two from the stars, do they have the capabilities? Yeah, they got a great mix of forwards. You know, older forwards, Sagans and Benz and guys like that. And you've got younger guys like Robertson. And they, they've got so many different weapons that could come out and score a bunch. They did score a lot this season. They were a high-scoring team. Minnesota's not known for giving up seven. So that, I guess, was kind of surprising. But I guess the going forward now, you got a 1-1 split. Uh, I have the feeling it's going to be like a six or seven-game series. But... The biggest news, I guess, out of this is if Pavelski's gone for a while. This isn't just a guy who, yeah, he could put up some points, but it's been talked about for many years is that he's kind of that conduit, that glue between the coaching and the players and the veterans and the youngsters. So he's more than just a guy who can tip the puck in like he's so good like that. But I think missing him, like I get get it, he'll still be in the dressing room and that's going to be helpful. But just having him out there as a presence to just calm everybody down, keep everybody on check. If things kind of get behind, you get down 3-1 in a game, that's the type of guy you'd like on the ice. Yeah. And so we'll see how much impact that actually has with him being out. Now, one of the other ones with this, uh, I mean, obviously Pavelski being out, you hope for his return. Tough play, um, not even a penalty on the play, so always a, a bit of a challenge that way to to make a ruling and decide what, what people think it is, right? Everybody's going to have their opinion on it, especially if you're a fan of one team or the other. Uh, the other one about this, 
the decision to start Marc-Andre Fleury in the second game. Uh, my understanding is Gustafson set the record for most saves in a game, uh, the game before uh, for Minnesota, and then they they back it up and they, they put Fleury in for the second one. I know they've been going back and forth all year. Do you really do that in the playoffs? Or do you just, you know, it's time to it's time to pick our goalie and and go with them. Uh, I wonder if this will force their hand on at this point and make that decision for him where it's Gustafson from here on until he really falters at some point. I have to believe that there has to be more to that story. I can't imagine any coach in this league in this day and age who's gonna play the split come the playoffs. You don't even do it in world juniors. No. You do splits in the beginning things. And then when you get push comes to shove, you go, okay, we pick one and we ride them. If yeah. they play bad, then we, then we look, even if they play bad, you might still stick with them because you've decided to ride that person. But if yep. you out of nowhere, have a game where you play and you win and you play and you play well, and you just put the other guy in for the sake of putting them in, that's, that's not going to work. You'll be out of this series quicker than you think. So I have to believe there's something more to it. I can't imagine that they just said, no, you are the guy we've run with most of the season. You're the guy who won the last game. Let's just flip the script for tonight for no reason. It really doesn't make any sense. It's just, did he tweak something? Was there a bit of an issue? Was it just under the weather? They didn't want to say it. Like, you know, just with the intent that they're going to bring him back in, right? I mean, maybe he had a bit of a stomach bug or whatever. So he's just sitting him for a game and then, right after they want to make sure that they can still play him again, you know, tomorrow night. So you don't really want to have that in anybody's head that he's got an issue or a problem or a shoulder issue or anything else. So yeah, no, it's a definitely a challenge on that one. So as of right now, who's your, I guess your, your surprise, the biggest surprise, is there anybody that stands out or anything that stands out kind of as a, an early warning sign either for a, for a team that you expected to be doing better or for a team that you expected to be doing worse? Is there anybody that really stands out at this point? I guess my one surprise will be, and who've kind of changed my belief a little, is the Winnipeg series. I kind of believe that there's a better chance for Winnipeg to beat Vegas than I did think before. Not only just like we had talked about the Brissois thing, it's a team that we if think if they get hot, they can knock them out. I don't think Vegas is the ultimate powerhouse team. And I think that the belief that they've gotten, they've given me a little bit too. Now, yes, it's Canadian team, so I'm hoping. But at the same token, I think of all the series, because there's been a few upsets, that's the one that I think has the ch- the best chance to continue on to fruition and uh, be the actual upset of the first round. I'm going to go with, uh, with the Toronto-Tampa Bay series. I know that uh, Toronto, obviously, like we mentioned, is, is doing better tonight, uh, which is a good thing. But I really... That first game, it said a lot about their goaltending and and what that situation was like. So seeing where they go over the next couple of games is going to be, I mean, obviously a couple of games is up to game four, but just seeing if that's going to be an actual an issue. Uh, if, uh, never mind if there happens to be any actual uh, injury issues or or playing issues with the goaltender themselves, which where they are going to be dressing or I guess starting an AHL goalie after that. So. That one just makes me a little bit nervous. So that'd be my my biggest surprise so far. For sure. It's early on. It's a good start to the playoffs. And we'll have to just see how these play out. And, and that's one thing. That, uh, the first round of the playoffs is, it's like Christmas spread over two weeks. 
It's just there's a different storyline every night. There's games all the time. And it's not just games. It's really important games. Every game matters. Every shift matters. Um, just exciting hockey. So it's, uh, I mean, who who would have thought that Minnesota-Dallas would be like must-see TV? You got to watch it. Like it's just every series can turn into the one of the best series you've seen. So it's pretty awesome. All right, with that, I want to thank you for listening. The current episode and all previous episodes of Sports Buds Hockey Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Or you can check us out at www.sportsbuds.com and join our Facebook group, Sports Buds Hockey Podcast. Please leave a comment, let us know what we got right, what we got wrong, and of course, always let us know why. We love the game of hockey and there's always so much to learn. It's been uh, a lot of fun doing this for you guys again. We will see you soon. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, make sure that we get all the added visitors we can every time we can. Thank you for doing this, Sims. Thanks, Bob. Take care.